This is In the Trenches, Broadcast 17. Welcome to In the Trenches, where entrepreneurs, artists, writers, designers, inventors, warriors, and leaders share their stories of doing the hard, creative work that impacts all of our lives. Let the journey inspire you to do something worthwhile, build something bold, and create your life's work. And now, your host, Tom Morgus. Welcome back, everyone, to another broadcast of In the Trenches. Today's guest is Cliff Ravenscraft, a man who makes his living producing podcasts. Cliff started podcasting as a hobby in 2005. And in a couple short years, his podcast had garnered enough attention and a big enough audience for him to quit his day job and pursue podcasting full time. Now, Cliff not only produces multiple podcasts, but he's also a podcasting consultant and coach, and he's one of the best in the business. I had the honor of meeting Cliff in person when he came to Nashville for a seminar. Not only does Cliff know his stuff when it comes to entrepreneurship, specifically in regards to building your audience through podcasting, but he's a super down-to-earth person. I was really struck by his sincerity and willingness to talk to people in depth about their goals and strategies for getting there. And because of this interaction, I knew I had to get him on the show. Cliff's schedule is crazy busy, but I was able to book him a few months out, and finally, he is now with us here today on In the Trenches. So Cliff, thank you so much for taking the time out of your pack schedule to come on our show and talk to our audience here at In the Trenches. Tom, thank you so much, man. It's an honor for me to uh, be uh, in front of your community that you've taken the time to build and uh, to introduce me to them. So thank you very much for inviting me. Thanks, Cliff. So, I mean, we'll get right to it. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background. I've heard your story a number of times, but I always find it pretty compelling. So I think it's a pretty cool story to tell other people about. And I think it has something to do with Lost, if I'm not mistaken. It does. Actually, before I, before I tell you, that, starting with Lost, let me give you three pieces of foundational information to, to let people have to, to get a greater understanding of where this all, where this all came from. Sure. Three things to know about me. One is that I used to be involved in Christian ministry as an associate pastor on a voluntary basis, and I did that since 1996. Uh, so very heavily involved in Christian ministry as a mm-hmm. volunteer. The other thing to know about me is that I spent 11 years of my life, all the way up through December of 2007, as an insurance agent in a family-run insurance agency. Uh, I was making plenty of money at the time when I left, and if I wouldn't have left, I'd be making about $500,000 a year in the transition of taking over the agency myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing to know about me is that when my wife and I got married back in 1996, I I brought a ton of debt into our family, and um, we accumulated upon that debt uh, to the place where it was almost $100,000 in debt, in unsecured debt, that is, uh, which uh, we eliminated after hearing about Dave Ramsey. It took us a couple years, but uh, we got out of debt. I think it was February 2007 or somewhere around there. So those are three things to know about my past. Now, as far as how did I get into podcasting and where does Lost fit into this, um, <laughs> I was I, I was a I've always been a computer geek. I've always loved technology. Started blogging when I was uh, back in nineteen. Actually, everything started back in nineteen ninety six. Every my entire life, I must have been born in ninety six. 
Anyway, 1996, <laughs> I actually started uh, an Angel Fire account and learned how to program HTML and started blogging. And uh, when the TV show Lost came out, my wife was just absolutely heads over heel, like addicted to this TV show. And I didn't understand it. Never watched it until the end of the first season. They had their cliffhanger episode that, that leaves you off until the next uh, season. And I watched that episode with her. Actually, I was on the couch and it happened to be on. And it sucked me in. Oh, my gosh. This was amazing. There's this mystery. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me this show was this awesome? She hit me with the pillow and she says, I told you it was this awesome. I actually went and found a way to where I could actually consume every single episode of that TV show back to back, nonstop, my wife and I watching it together. And I was hooked. And so I started blogging about it. And then about the same time, this is back in 2005, I, I heard about this thing called podcasting and I had already found a podcast about technology, I had found some other podcasts, and then I learned that there were some podcasts out there devoted to the TV show Lost. Well, I started to share some of my theories. I was listening to those podcasts, absolutely loved it, and I would share some of my theories with those podcasters, and one time I called in, or actually I recorded some audio feedback and sent it over to one of them, and they played my audio feedback in their show. And I thought that I had just won the lottery. It's like, oh, my gosh, my voice just got broadcasted out to thousands of people around the world. This couple in Hawaii is playing my feedback on their show. It's like being a kid in high school or even in uh, middle school. And you just called in one of those dedication things into the local radio station. Um, Tom, I don't know if you're too young to, to remember any of doing any of that. But we, I did. I'm 40 years old, man. So, so I, I mean, it brought back memories of being a kid. It's like, oh my gosh, my voice. And, and I, of course I love my voice. I love to talk as you can tell. Um, so anyway, <laughs> here's the situation. I, this, one of this, uh, this couple who Ryan and Jen Azawa from Hawaii, who was doing this lost podcast, they said, Cliff, why don't you start your own podcast? Well, I didn't need a ton of arm twisting. So I, I did a little bit of research of what would be involved and I'm like, yeah, I could do that. And so um, with $35 spent on a headset with a little boom microphone off to the side, some free software, uh, and probably about uh, maybe about 15 hours of setting things up, I had my own first podcast episode online. This was back in December of 2005. And uh, mm -hmm. the first show was called Generally Speaking because at the time I didn't think anybody needed another lost podcast. There were already plenty of them out there. Um, I didn't think anybody needed another technology podcast because there are plenty of them out there. And I didn't know if anybody would be interested in hearing me talk about my faith in a, in a podcast on its own. So I created one podcast called Generally Speaking, thinking that I, you know, nobody's going to listen to this anyway. So I'll get behind the microphone and I'll talk about anything and everything that ever comes to my mind. And I introduced the show that way. And, and after I did my introduction... I continued on with the first episode, and in this episode, I'm going to talk about my favorite TV show, Lost, and I put that online. And because of my blog and because of the feedback and the interaction that I had gotten from being um, you know, uh, exposed to the audience of these other Lost podcasters, I had several hundred people download the first episode. And I'm like, what? How could this be? <laughs> Um, and not only that, but they actually overwhelmingly uh, emailed me and says, 
could you do us a favor? Would you create a podcast just devoted to loss? We don't want to hear about your faith. We could care less about technology, but we love your perspective on lost. And so I invited my wife to join me. At the time, we even invited our next door neighbor to come over and join us. And I, this is what happened. I would watch the TV show. I would then go online and do research for about two to four hours um, looking for hidden clues, Easter eggs, and all kinds of screen captures and all these different things uh, that people around the world were posting in online fan forums. This show was amazing. And I would literally come with like 15 pages of typed up notes and I would pass out a copy of each of those to my wife and my neighbor and we would sit down and go through and read all of these things. So the, the idea and the concept was that, you know, hey, most people are casual viewers to Lost. We're going to make you the king of the water cooler. We're going to give you all the inside information that everybody else missed out on. And you can be the person who brings it to them. That's so interesting. And now when you started doing that, you did it just for fun, correct? Absolutely. It was just a hobby. Uh, number one, I never expected anybody to listen to me at all. Right. And number two, I, it was just, it was just matter of fact, my, my wife agreed to do, do it with me because number one, she figured nobody's going to listen either. And number two, she's <laughs> like, eh, this will pass. You know, it's just, it's just some, it's like, okay, I'll do it. But then it caught on. It sounds like, and how long did it take for you to make that transition between it's a hobby to no, you know, this is legitimate. Like I can, I can create a business around this. Sure. Well, the thing is, is by the third episode, we had 17,000 subscribers. Holy cow. And the reason why is because we did switch it over to the Lost Podcast, and the name of it to the Lost Podcast, and mm -hmm. we started doing shows just about Lost. There are millions of people around the world who are fans of the show, and iTunes had the TV episodes where you could, <clears throat> excuse me, where you could download those shows on uh, iTunes the next day. And so basically people would go to search to download the episodes and then right below it would see podcast and right next to the official Lost podcast was myself and my wife. And that's how we got to have so many people. Now the thing is we've got a large audience who are now listening to us every single week, which by the way, we were horrible at this uh, in the early days. But uh, anyway, we had fun and we had thousands of people who would just absolutely love what we were doing and we would get tons of emails and occasionally I would get an email that says, hey, Cliff, I've been listening to your podcast and I get this sneaking suspicion that you and your wife are Christians. Am I right? And I would email them back and say, yes, that's true. We are Christians. And thanks for listening to the show. And then they would write back three and five page emails explaining their entire life story to us, basically asking for advice and spiritual counsel and everything else. Mm -hmm. And, and what happened was, for me, it wasn't necessarily when did I realize this was a business opportunity. It was actually what happened first is this is where I understood, wow, I need to get out of this official church ministry stuff because, you know what, that's all babysitting a bunch of baby Christians that, that, that really don't want to do anything except for have you know everything their way. Here in the real world, just sharing uh, you know, a passion with somebody else gives me the opportunity to build relationships where they come to know, like, and trust me. And now they're willing to ask me for advice related to faith. And it's like, wow, I'm performing more ministry in email than I ever did in all my years of ministry put together. And so what happened was first, before I ever left my career in insurance, I left all my official positions within the local church. 
so that I could focus on this ministry that was happening uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in email. And actually what happened was I started, I launched a couple other shows uh, to, to cover those various topics people were asking about uh, so frequently. So that's the first transition that happened. Now the thing right. is though, is I, I, when I actually started working for my family's insurance agency, uh, they begged me to come work for them to set up their computer network. And I said, as long as you understand one thing, if I ever have the opportunity to do ministry full time, which of course I thought, thought meant pastoring a church uh, when I said this, but if, if I ever get an opportunity to minister full time, you have to agree that you'll never give me a hard time about that, no matter how much less I'll make in ministry than what I could make in insurance, because that's where my heart is. I know that one day I want to do ministry full time with my life. And they said they agreed to that. So what happened was I realized that, wow, I am actually involved in something that has a serious ministry impact. And we have literally now tens of thousands. And of course, this is over the course of a couple of years. We have tens of thousands of people who are now listening to a lot of different shows that we have. And what happened was I was actually spending most of my day at work answering emails and not doing the work that I was being paid to do. And of course, my integrity uh, is in question here. You know, I'm being paid to do a job and I'm spending most of the day not doing that job. And that's not right. And I started to feel really guilty about it. And over time, I just lost all um, I, I lost all desire to, to do insurance. It, 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 matter of fact, it just became a hindrance and it seemed like it was just in the way of doing what I felt most called to do. Now, I have a podcast called Pursuing a Balanced Life. It currently has 533 episodes and it's a daily audio journal or not daily, but it's an audio journal of my life since the beginning uh, of everything that I think off the top of my head about what I'm facing in this transition as, of you know pursuing my dream. And so I was sharing just how frustrated I was in my work. And I had so many of my listeners who said, Cliff, let me tell you, I've got so many years in business. I started this you know, so many years ago and I built it to this, this, this. One thing I can tell you, you have everything you need to get out, out, out of this horrible soul-sucking career in insurance and you can make it on your own. And here are some different things you could do. You could teach, you could consult, you could do this, you could do that. And all these different things, I would share it with my wife. And then one day, my pastor comes to me and says, Cliff, man, I got to tell you something. You know, you, you, you started up our church podcast and, um, you, you know, I was over there the other day. And I, I hear you talk about your work here in the insurance office. And, and man, it's just clear you're miserable here. But I'll tell you what, I've, ne- I've never seen somebody come alive the way that you come alive when you get behind a microphone. He says, you really ought to think about and pray about pursuing that full time. And I told my wife about that. And, you know, I kind of just shrugged it off. It's like, okay, you know, sure. There's a lot of people that say this is possible, but, you know, they're not the one with, you know, a, a, a family of five with, exactly. you know, with, with uh, sure. a wife and kids to take care of and, and stuff like that. And my gosh, we just got out of debt. Um, you know, this is ridiculous. I, I've got to be responsible. I've got to do the responsible thing here. Well, the things never got better at the insurance office. I've had a couple bad days after a couple more bad days after a couple more bad days. And uh, my wife, I came home one night and she says, listen, I'm going to tell you something. This is in September of 2007. She says, you have to quit your job in insurance and do podcasting full time. 
And my wife's a stay-at-home mom and ha- always had been. We have three. We had three kids at the time. We still do. Uh, and um, she says, listen, if I have to go get a job, I'll go get a job. If we have to sell the house and rent for a while, we'll sell the house and rent for a while. But I know for a fact that you are meant to do this. And the next day, I gave my 90-day notice. So to answer your question in a very long way, uh, how long did it take? Well, we started, I recorded my first episode in December of 2005. And uh, a year and a half later, I put in a 90-day notice. And two years after podcasting, after my first podcast as a hobby, two years later, I began my full-time career as a podcast consultant, coach, and producer. Yeah, that's fascinating. Now, at that time when you made that transition, uh, clearly it was inspired by uh, not only your want to do to do good um, in in the greatest way possible, but also by uh, that that um, that desire to kind of get out of something that was kind of dragging you down a little bit, a, a career that you didn't didn't quite enjoy, you didn't find much passion in. Were you making any money from the podcast that you were doing? Or are you just saying, well, you know, I got to get away yes. from this. I want to move towards that. I, I was, but certainly not enough money that would warrant the decision to leave my career. Sure. It was, it was, this was definitely for those of faith, people of faith or know some of the stories from the Bible. This was me getting out of the boat and walking on water, um, which, by the way, I fell, out, I fell into the water several times. But sure. um, so, so here's the situation. I I did make some money. I was making maybe somewhere between one to two thousand, sometimes three thousand dollars a month from advertisers um, and and a little bit of consulting here and there, um, just just a little bit, but certainly not enough to to do what's required to take care of a family of five and keep everything floating. Uh, so so I had been there was indications that I could make money. And what happened in 2008, January 1st, 2008, was when I started working for myself. And I will tell you that uh, when I left my career in insurance, I had very little idea of how I was going to generate the money that I needed to. I thought it was going to come from the content. I thought that I was, I was going to have to find, a, I wanted to find a way where I could just get behind a microphone and talk and, you know, that, that's how I'm going to make my money. And then I had some great people who came alongside and says, well, have you ever thought about what happens if you get sick and you can't make it, you can't get behind the microphone? You know, mm-hmm. you know, if you're sick for six weeks or something like that, you're out. What's, what are you going to do? And I started thinking about it. I was like, okay, well, maybe I need to think of other ways of generating some additional revenue streams and, and stuff like that. And that got me to thinking about, you know, this idea of focusing a little bit more time on the consulting side. Uh, but here's the deal. In 2008, I, by the way, when I left my career in insurance, when I, um, in 2007, I was making $87,000 a year, which is not too bad in our area. It, 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 we, have a, it's very, we have a pretty decent uh, area when it comes to cost of living. Um, so f- what's 87000 to me is probably like one hundred and fifty or 160000 to somebody in California. Sure. And so, um, you know, I was making great money. We just got out of debt. But we still hadn't saved a lot for the future. I just happened to have a pension that, you know, my parents had created while I was working in insurance. It had quite a bit of money in it. Uh, but, you know, that's the only thing I had going for me was that that pension was there. Well, in my first year, 2008, full, doing this full time, I made $11,000 personal income. Now, understand this. The, so I went from $87,000 a year to uh, $11,000. 
so it was quite it was quite <laughs> the pay cut. Uh, yeah. But here's the thing I want to say. I made more than eleven thousand dollars in two thousand eight. The thing is, is my business was actually paying for our our health insurance for the family, a family of five, um, and you know that that was like fifteen. $1,500 to $2,000 a month every single month. Uh, the business is paying all of the bills for the business, all the overhead and, and stuff like that. And, and, and so the business was making money. But as far as me personally getting a paycheck from the business, uh, at the end of the year, I cleared $11,000. So it, it, was not, it was not a lot of fun. It, I basically made enough money to pay the mortgage and not quite enough money to put food on the table. So... That if that tells you anything, uh, it was every every single month we went to pay the bills. There were tears. Either I was crying or my wife were, was crying, and neither of us were ever down at the same time. Uh, it, it was kind of cool that way that there was always one to pick the other person up, and that was really awesome. And the thing is, is that um, here's what I'll tell you: on in January, I, we lived off of my December income from insurance you know, what my last month of working there in February of 2008, we lived off of my Christmas bonus in March, April and May of 2008. We lived off of my tax refund from the last year, the, from the year before. And so then there was June, July and August. And we were like, what are we going to do? And I took $14,000 out of my pension account, paid $4,000 in taxes and penalties. And we spread that $10,000 and made it last as long as possible. And the business was able to pay over the last remaining months of 2008. It was able to pay us $11,000. And so that, my friend, is how we just barely eked by that first year. That's, that's an incredible story. I mean, you really were in the trenches, just like slogging it out. I always appreciate stories like that just to show how far somebody can go. Um, you know, if... if I. I on the one hand, have faith like like you do, and then put in the effort to to do whatever it takes um, to get to where you want to go or where you want to be. That's the other thing um, I didn't mention is that for the first nine months, my I, I used to think it was six months, but my wife has said, "No, Cliff, you gotta you gotta fix this when you're talking to people doing these interviews." I, I overheard you the <laughs> other day. No, dude, it was nine months for the first nine months of 2008, I worked 14 to 18 hours a day, seven days a week. That's incredible. I mean, it, it, it is a great reminder, I think, to anybody out there who's contemplating um, entrepreneurship or, or trying to bring maybe a hobby into, into a business. Um, just the dramatic difference, the dramatic change, the dramatic uh, amount of effort that it takes to do that, how much effort you have to actually put into something to get it off the ground. And maybe that's not the same for everybody, but it seems to be a consistent theme that when I interview people, the amount of um, energy and effort they put into things to get them off the ground. And I mean, that's an incredible amount of hours. And it, to be honest, it's a testament, to, I think, to your character um, to, that it says that you're willing to put in that effort to do something that might not work, which I think is very impressive. Yeah, it, 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 it does. And it also says something about my character that I don't very much like. And that was that I was willing to sacrifice my uh, time with my wife and kids is more than I should have. Uh, but mm. but, you know, I, I don't look back and regret it. But that, but if, if there's anything that um, that I think that I really wish I could have done differently, although I hope that I'd never have the opportunity to do it differently because I wouldn't be able to get to where I am today. But my my oldest daughter is now 13 years old, 
and I missed probably three years of the most precious years of being her dad and interacting with her. And I, I really do miss that. I'm thankful that she's still 13, and I'm so thankful that that she still uh, she still allows me to to speak into her life and spend time with her. So, uh, but that was a real struggle. But but yeah, it 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 it, it, it was tough, and it, it was way too many hours. Uh, in January 2009, just one year after doing this full time, uh, my my lack of spending time working out and in my overworking myself, I ended up in the hospital and uh, almost died uh, because of a gallbladder attack and, and some mistakes that the doctors had made there. But I was in the hospital for two weeks. So I don't wish what I did on anyone, but I, <laughs> sure. but I don't wish for the opportunity to go back and change it either. Um, I've, I've learned a lot out of those experiences, and I am who I am today as a result not only of my success but also my failures. Absolutely. I was just going to make a, a mention of that. It's that those those types of experiences, you know, good or bad, you know, success or failure is what build, builds our character, is what makes us who we are. And so, yeah, I, I think that's a great perspective to have on it. How, I mean, clearly faith is a big part, um, you know, being you know, openly religious, you know, Christian, how has that impacted your online business, if at all? Yeah, it, it has, and, 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 uh, and I'll share that. So first of all, I will tell you that my faith, how did it get me through this transition? I will tell you that for me, from, from day one, I felt called to this. So this wasn't something that I was chasing after money, uh, because like I said, I was making plenty of money in insurance. I, and, and not to mention the fact I had the guaranteed uh, assurance that I could come back anytime. So... So the fact is, is that I knew that I would never go back to insurance. When, when I left, I knew I was done with it, that I'll never do that again. I am going to make this a success. Failure is not an option. I'm going to do this because I feel called to. And I don't know how long I'll have to, to, to grind it out like this, but I truly believe with all faith that my future has something to do with what I'm being called to do here. And I, and I didn't even know what that was. I, at the time, I didn't know if that was consulting. I didn't know if it was creating podcast mm-hmm. content all the time. I didn't know what it was. And it's actually kind of evolved you know, over the years. I, it certainly includes a little bit of both of those, but it's even bigger than that. And I have, a very, I have a much clearer picture of where my future is going. But even today, I don't know where I'll be exactly five to 10 years from now. And, and I do not worry about that because I do have faith even today, even today that I believe that I'm either on a path for something that God's got planned in the future or I could be gone tomorrow, so why worry about it? Uh, and so I kind of <laughs> just take it day by day now mm-hmm. and just trust. So that's how my faith very much in, interacts with that. Now, how does my faith, how has my faith impacted my business and, and, and living a life of faith? Because if you listen to me, obviously you hear it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't make it a point to go out of my way in any of my uh, non-faith-based podcast to say, hey, I'm a Christian. Um, you know, I don't, I don't quote Bible verses or anything like that in my podcast, Answer Man podcast. Mm-hmm. But I don't ever hide it either. Um, faith is not a part of who I am. Uh, faith is not a day of the week for me. In fact, um, interestingly enough, in September of 2011, I quit going to church. Uh, and, and so I haven't, I've actually been three times since, um, but don't have any intentions of continuing to going. But anyway, um, so but here's the, here's the one thing I can tell you is that I am who I am because of my faith, and and I, I really love the whole idea of you know preach it to the world and if you need to use words, and so I, I I try to let my life 
speak for itself. I try to allow my the way that I handle relationships with people, the way that I respect others, the way that um, that that I actually do stupid things, say stupid things, and then come <laughs> and admit it in a podcast later and say, "Guys, I totally screwed up. Will you forgive me for having that thirty-five minute?" you know, rant session about such and such. That was just not the coolest thing in the world. And here's why I was, you know, this is why it wasn't cool. And, 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 and people see that and I'm not doing it to actually, you know, to pretend to be anything. I just am who I am and I am who I am. Meaning that, you know, you get me all, you, you get me good or bad, you get me whatever. But I can tell you right now that, that my faith is what drives me and, and it's why I do most everything that I do. Uh, Occasionally, Money drives me, and I hate it where money was my number one motivating factor in doing the business decisions and stuff that I was making. Uh, and those always became extremely profitable times for me, always hitting new records that I never hit before. But right after hitting those records month after month after month, eventually it caught up to me, and I was working myself around, out of, around the clock again. And I'm like, why am I doing this? And, and I would go into this sick depression where I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. And then I would get back to that whole, why do I do what I do? And it's like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. And, and, it's, and, it's, yeah. and it always gets better. Every single time I learn it, it always gets better. But it's, it is a good reminder that that's always the slippery slope that any you know, creative person, any entrepreneur, anybody, anybody really passionate about what they do, that that is – it's dangerous – but it can happen to anybody to a degree is kind of getting sucked into that kind of work too. Yeah. To the point where we lose track of why are we doing this? Yeah. And it sounds like, and it, it sounds like it's a lesson that has to be relearned um, as often as it needs to be relearned, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I can't, I certainly will not even try to make people think that I've learned the lesson for the last time. <laughs> sure. So um, on that note, you know, you mentioned that you did this podcast and you did a bunch of them. And actually, you have your you have not only your website, uh, Podcast Answer Man, uh, but you have gspn.tv, which um, which is yours. You run it. Do you do all the um, podcasts that are on here? I'm just checking it out right now, and and there's a lot of podcasts yeah. that are here. Do you do you do all these? I do. Uh, every single podcast there is mine. Uh, the only exception is my wife does a show with her best friend. It's called Authentic Life Radio, and that's the only shows that have been produced where I'm not in them. Uh, mm-hmm. But outside of outside of Authentic Life Radio, I have done 30 different shows with mm-hmm. more than 3,000 podcast episodes. That's an insane number. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That's incredible. Now, I, I my immediate next question is, and I'm sure you've gotten this a million times, so I apologize. It's a really boring question to you. Have you ever thought about making this platform something that where you publish other people's work? Absolutely. Um, I, I have had that question probably about at least 500 times. <laughs> and Then scrap it. I'll, I'll give you a new and, one. <laughs> and, but, but I will tell you that, um, that I, I have thought about it several times. Every single time, it's always come back. Not right now. Um, yeah. You know, this, this is this is a platform for me to share who I am and what I'm doing and what my wife is doing and, and, and our friends and our connections and stuff like that. And I will tell you, the only time I really begin to entertain that thought 
uh, is where I feel like the money is the motivating factor because there are some things wow. that I could do where I could, I, I, I'm certainly connected to some, some amazing people who are at the top of the list in, in downloads and stuff like that. And I could monopolize on that and, and I could profit greatly upon the work that they're doing, giving them a portion as well, bringing them more income than they could ever dream of doing from what they're doing. But ultimately it would end up, um, not being about the message that's in my heart but it would be about the money that goes into my wallet. And so I, I try to keep that in check as much as possible, making sure that if I ever do make that decision, that I'm making it for a decision other than just monetary uh, reasons. Because Podcast Answer Man, I, have no, I, I am not ashamed to say that I make money from Podcast Answer Man. I am not ashamed to give you calls to action in Podcast Answer Man. I am not ashamed to promote my products and services in Podcast Answer Man, I create Podcast Man Answer Man not as a ministry, but as a way for me to provide income for my family. So th- I, I, I am not ashamed of that. But gspn.tv, it's not about the money. I think that's really interesting and, and really cool because you don't hear that often. I, you know, I met you, Cliff, back in uh, Nashville when you were here for the, uh, the platform conference with uh, Michael Hyatt. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, and it was you and it was Pat Flynn. You guys had the meetup just actually down the street from where I live and uh, I got to meet you. And when you say all this stuff, it, it is honest and it comes from the heart and I, I can tell. And that's because I, I met you in person. I know for a fact. I appreciate that. I, you know, my, my goal in life is to be a source of entertainment, education, encouragement, and inspiration. And um, I, for me, it, one of my mottos is it's all about the relationships. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, the only, the only thing I regret today is that I can't spend as much time in email as I used to. Uh, because I, otherwise I just don't make any money and, 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 and I've got to, I've got to watch it. I still, I'm, I'm still at the place where I still answer every single email that comes into me and, and it's killing me, but I'm thinking that I might actually have to do something where I help hire somebody to help me just filter out my email and, and, and bring some of the highest priority priority stuff to me and take upon this, this, uh, this method that Andy Stanley, who happens to be a pretty popular pastor from, uh, 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 Georgia, he, he he says that sometimes you have to get to once you get to a certain level of success, you do actually have to take on the philosophy of doing doing for some what you wish you could do for everyone, and and I hate that thought, but I I really do feel like I have to be there. But w- when I actually do go to a new town or a new city that's away from my home, I always throw a meetup every single time, and mm-hmm. we have we've had as little as seven people show up. And we've had as many as, uh, well, just recently in San Diego, we had over a hundred or almost a hundred people show up at a little pizza restaurant that we reserved for the entire evening. And, you know, I'm, I'm just there. I, I don't go with any preconceived ideas of who I'm going to meet. I'm just, you know, I, I'm like, you know, whoever's in front of me at any given time, I, I'm going to give them my all. And then, and I'm going to look for making sure that, that if anybody's waiting to see me, that I make sure that I do anything I can to to give them the opportunity to talk as well and 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 be fully present with them as well. And and here's the thing, I will tell you what if, if there's anything that's authentic and genuine about me is that I wish I could do this more with my wife and my kids than I do for mm-hmm. other people. And mm-hmm. uh, I because because I really suck at doing this with my wife and kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's really fascinating, and again, I it just it it speaks to you know all the work that you're doing, which again is is very impressive, which leads into my next question, and we can start to wrap it up here too. 
And it's that, what, where are you going? Um, what, where do you see yourself in the future here now? At, at the point where you're at, at the level of success where you're at, where do you see yourself in the next year to five years, if, if at all, if you even plan that way? Yeah, I try to, I try to think in the future. I, I try to actually get a picture of where do I want to be, understanding mm-hmm. that everything's flexible and it's in God's timing and planning and stuff like that and, and stuff. But if, if I had to think, well, where, where my heart is today, where do I see myself? I see myself actually getting to the place where I might potentially, and this is me dreaming super big, but I, I, I actually see myself potentially getting to the place where I can do public speaking to crowds of, let's say, 15 to 25,000 people. Um, mm-hmm. and, and sharing my story, the things that I've shared here in this, in this interview with you, conveying this message of actually finding work that you were created to do, to live the life for which you were created, that, that you can follow your passion and, and understand that the money will follow if you, if you, if you are really doing things for the right reason, uh, that you'll, you're better off succeeding at doing work than you, that you love than actually doing, mon- doing work just for the money. Um, that you can actually best achieve success by helping other people achieve success. Giving things away for free is a valuable, not a valuable marketing tool, but it's just a thing that can be done and it actually doesn't actually take away from what you have to offer to the world. And uh, that if you give enough away for free, people will beg you for ways to give you money in return. It's just, there's so many messages that I have in my heart that I want to share. And so I, I, in the future, I still see myself continuing to create content where I'm sharing this message, but I'm also seeing myself, you know, speaking to large crowds of people uh, in public speaking where those people who would never listen to a podcast at this point uh, could actually be assembled and hear me speak this, these messages to them. Uh, so I see that as a very big possibility. Uh, I'm actually working, I've got this thing called the Podcast Mastermind where I help individuals who are in the transition from a day job into creating work around something that they're passionate about, uh, maybe potentially leaving that day job and getting some uh, support and uh, people who are self-employed trying to kick things up to the next level. And it's called the Podcast Mastermind. And, and I see myself really expanding that out a great deal further. And also because podcasting has been such an amazing platform for helping me to get my message out to the world to gaining exposure you know giving exposure to the things that I do um, I believe there's so much uh, that it has to offer to a lot of other people um, I see myself continuing to expand my working help and encouraging others to enter into the world of podcasting absolutely well, that's great well thank you so much for taking the time uh, Cliff again I know you're such a busy person and and to block out time like this to do this interview is it's just really impressive. And so thank you so much for being here. I know my audience is really going to appreciate this interview. So thank you so much, Cliff. Absolutely, man. Thank you again. It's like I said, it's a huge honor to have the opportunity to, to be introduced to a community that you've uh, cultivated on your own there. And, and I appreciate that you uh, trust me enough to, to, to actually uh, have their ears. And that wraps up In the Trenches, broadcast 17. If you want to see the show notes, just go to tomworkus.com slash broadcast17. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. If you'd like to support me in some way, shape, or form regarding this podcast, one of the best ways to do that is by leaving a rating or review in the iTunes store and or by sharing this with somebody you know. Thank you so much in advance for your support. As always, this is Tom Morcus. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. 
Thank you for listening to In The Trenches. Your creative work doesn't stop here. Join the resistance, the small but growing army of entrepreneurs and artists putting a dent in the world at www.tommorkis.com. Never fight alone. Join the resistance.